If you would, go with me to Romans, the eighth chapter, and we're going to find this principle, Romans 8, 14. And it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you and I as born-again ones can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Now how complicated is that? It's very, very simple. You and I could also build faith by looking at John the 10th chapter, and we find that Jesus made very clear He is the Good Shepherd. We know the Shepherd's voice, and we are led, we are guided, we are provided for by the Good Shepherd. And it's not a complicated matter, it's very what? It's simple. And this is where many, we've missed God in times past because we allowed it to get complicated. We allowed it to get from a place where it was pure, unmixed with all these other ideas and simple in God to adding this thing and taking this part out and adding that and allowing what they thought to come on in the mix and realizing and by the end of the day, if this has got to be a bigger thing than I thought it would be. And it was a bigger thing at that point than what we heard on the inside of us because what happens? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we're directed not to add to God's things, not to take away from it. And so this has been the issue in being led by God is that we've allowed other ideas, other thoughts. And if we've not entertained it, then we wouldn't allow it in. And it wouldn't complicate what has been made simple for us by God. Now go with me if you will. Let's look at Romans the 16th chapter. We're already looking at Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 16. And let's look at verse number 19. And it says in verse 19, For your obedience is come abroad unto all. I am glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise to that which is good. Say that with me. God would have me to be wise to what is good. Now say this, I am wise to what is good. You didn't say it. Let's do it again. I am wise to what is good. And then it continues and says, and simple concerning evil. I'm wise to what's good and I'm simple about what's evil about what's bad and it continues and says and the god of peace shall bruise satan under your feet shortly the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you amen the way that you and i are going to miss out on the evil on the bad way this is the plan and purpose of the enemy of satan our adversary for our lives the way we'll miss it is by living a simple life before God. Now let's look, We're, we've talked recently about the narrow way, and let's go to uh, the scriptures in Matthew. Let me find my notes here. Matthew, I want to say it's 7th chapter, verse 13. Hallelujah. Yeah, Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Because you and I are called to go the narrow way, not the wide way that leads to destruction, but the narrow way that leads to life. 
and it says here, Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and what? Narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. Now, let's look as well at Numbers, the 22nd chapter. We're going to touch on something we'll find here that shows a portion of the narrow way. How you and I can keep it simple. You know, that's been a popular phrase over the years. You've heard it, keep it simple. What? They'll say, keep it simple, stupid. But you and I, we can walk in the wisdom of God by keeping it simple. Not being foolish, but keeping it simple. Not allowing other things to come in and mix with what God said. And this is why it is the most beneficial thing in the world for you and I every day to open up our Bible, to take time, make time to read these scriptures because it is the way that God's thoughts will get into our heart and mind and we won't just go the wide, broad way of the enemy and these other thoughts won't be as likely to come in and mix with what? God's thoughts that we've been filling in us day after day after day. So now here in Numbers 22, let's look at verse number 2. And then uh, we'll go to verse 4 after that and we'll read through. And it says here in the second verse, And Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Fourth verse, And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers therefore unto Balaam the son of Beor to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, look, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Now we know this is what children of Israel come out from Egypt. And now these are God's people. 6 verse says, Come now, therefore, I pray you, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I, it says, what, you could say, know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. This is a man who gets results. He says, I know if you bless them, they'll be blessed, but if you curse them, they'll be cursed. Why could he say that? Because this is a man who God was able to keep simple what he showed him. He was a man that would do what God said do. Now we're going to see some insight into he, just like us, could make the determining choice that I'm not going to do it God's way today. And that's it's a day-by-day, case-by-case basis, whether you and I are going to uh, cut out all those complexities that try and come in and muddy our waters with God. And we'll find that here. The seventh verse says, 
And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with rewards of divination in their hand. And they came to Balaam and they spake to him the words of Balak. So now they got these rewards of divination. You'll find time and time again in these verses, these people have some nice things. They have wealth. They have resources. And um, it's important we not think that it's not a pressure to us that we please people that have stuff because that's what's happening here. Time and time again, the princes are coming back and what every time they're coming, he's thinking, they're set, they're good. And they can easily share a little bit and my bills are paid. <laughs> I'm set for, for some more days. And time and time again, this is going to be a pressure and a pull to make what God has told us to do and told us to say that much more complicated. Why? Because they're not going to like that. And then they won't share with us. And then we're going to have to trust even more for that provision. No. This is going to be a real pull for us. And it's going to be one of the ways that the enemy is going to try and make our things complicated. He's going to bring this love of money and this this thought that if we will just please and we'll just mix in some of their thoughts and ideas, you know, if we just give them a little access and, you know, you don't want to offend anybody, so just mix in that, don't let... Why? Because the thought is then they won't be offended and they'll share more with us and in the end we'll be better off. We need to watch this. This is one of the ways that we can cause the enemy and his tactics to keep us from being simple and going the way that's being led of the Spirit of God. And in actuality, we can seek to get extra that way and be cut off from what God would have us be made rich with. And this is something I, I believe it to my very... If you and I would be led by the Spirit of God, He would really make us rich. And our lives would be greater than any could imagine. Our lives, because rich is not a dollar amount. Rich touches your marriage. Rich touches your, your family, your children. Rich touches your places of work. Rich touches you not having things lost. You don't have vehicle accidents every year and all these extra expenses and you don't Rich is you being kept, having peace of mind, not having wars that come in and take all your resources and take all your everything you worked so hard for. Having the ability to build up and have things last long and stay strong. This is rich. This is rich that our things are kept. And if you and I would be led by God, we would be defended in that way. And our lives would be tops they would be as great as can be in this earth and that's the best witness there is when people look at us and they go how in the world year after year and those things keep going strong and and they never lose out they've had that car for how many years it always looks good it looks like a new model this is what god will do for us if we'd be led of him now in continuing let's look at this so the elders they have these rewards of divination they spake to him the words of Balak eighth verse and he said to them lodge here this night and I will bring you word again as the Lord shall speak to me and the princes of Moab abode with Balaam 
And God came to Balaam and said, What men are these with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covers the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. If God calls you blessed, you are blessed. Hallelujah. And he's telling them, this is my direction. You will not go. You will not curse them. They're blessed people. They're his people. 13th verse, And Balaam rose up in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. So he is walking before God, doing what God told him to do, He's in good shape right now. Let's continue. And the princes of Moab rose up and they went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. 15th verse. And Balak sent yet again, say that again, yet again, princes more and more honorable than they. More and more honor means more and more wealthy. You got more money, more power coming on in. And what happens with that? It says, And they came to Balaam, and they said to him, Thus says Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray you, hinder you from coming to me. For I will promote you to very great honor, and I will do whatsoever you say to me. Come therefore, I pray you, curse me this people. So now he's got the job offer. He's got the stipend. He's got all the extra expenses they're going to pay. He's got the, he's going to look good in the land. Got some advertising gigs right around the corner. Can you see this? What's happening? The enemy is trying to make what God made very simple and say it's not that simple. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Now, you're really going to let all these options just go off the table? Come on, sign now. Now's the time. You don't want to miss out on this one-time offer, right? This is how he works. And so let's continue in it. And he said, uh, thank you, Lord. 18th verse, And Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore I pray you, tarry you also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say to me more. Now he has not missed God yet. He's done everything he's been directed to do. Let's continue. 20th verse, And God came to Balaam that night. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. And he said to him, If the men come out to call you, rise up and go with them, but yet the word which I shall say to you, that shall you do. Now notice up until this point, God has given him what? Don't go with them. Don't, don't say anything they'd have you say. No, 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 no. But now God says, now if they call you they, this night, if they call you, then you go with them and what I say to you, that you'll do. So he's got a little bit more window to work with now. And when you got a little bit more window to work with, the mind can go, oh, all right. Well then, hey, if they call me tonight and I go with them, I can get a good tip, 
right? I mean, all they got to do is just let that bracelet of theirs come. Man, that, that'll pay off. I could sell that bracelet. I'll be sitting nice. That'll cover the next couple months. I'll be good. Can you see where the mind will go? I have a little bit more window to work with now. So what happens? Balaam rose up. Excuse me, I went ahead of myself here. No, 21st verse. And Balaam rose up in the morning. Well, what happened? And he saddled his donkey. He started the car. And he went with the princes of Moab. When did they call him? 20th verse says, If the men come to call you, rise up and go with them. When did they call him? They didn't. But yet here he is, ready to go, got the donkey packed, got it ready, and he's going and he's going with these princes. They never called him, so he had no direction to go with them. The if was if they called. They didn't call, he doesn't go. Why would he go? Can you see this? The pressure. The want, the desire, it's not very complicated. It's very simple why he went, and it's very simple how you and I can keep from missing things like this. Because he was good before God, up until here. And he gets up and he goes, and let's look at the 22nd verse. And God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field, and Balaam smote it, he hit it, to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. Notice this animal is seeing what this man of God can't. And when we allow things to become complicated, we allow ourselves to become blinded to what is so simple to be seen. This donkey can see what the man of God can't? That's a problem. You've allowed other things to get mixed in and murky and muddy the water when it can't be that clearly seen. And this is what the covetousness will do. Wanting so much to get the extra dollar, to go the extra way, and even good intentional ideas, just want to knock off that debt, just want to be more ready for God, strong and fit and able. If He sends, if He needs us to go, we can go. So let's, let's get that extra now and pay up and be ahead. And these good intentional ideas, we need to watch that we don't leave our directive. Because he was directed, if they call, then you go. If they don't call, I have no command. I have no direction. And I have nothing to be faithful with apart from doing what he says do. And so in this case, this donkey's seeing what the man of God can't. And it said here in the 25th verse, And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself onto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. Why is, his, why is his foot being crushed right now? Because he is off the path of God. He doesn't realize how far off the path of God he is, but he is on the wrong way. He's not being simple concerning evil right now. And yet this is the man of God that just heard from God yesterday, 
just got it right, just told the king, who has plenty of power and position and wealth himself to make him sitting nice and pretty right now. And he told him, no, you can give me all that you have in your house full of silver and gold, but no, I'm only going to do what the word of the Lord says. And yet today, he's off. He's allowed what was so simple and what he was so strong in yesterday, go. And he's gone into the wide way, the broad way, to get a little bit of what the broad way has. The world might have a dollar, but if you miss God to get it, uh, it makes me think of the scriptures. You know, um, you can't save a soul with any dollar amount. And you can have all the goods in the earth, and that will not buy and cause the saving of a soul. And you and my, our hearts being right before God is a treasure that no dollar can buy. And it needs to be very clear that we don't have a price. I need to say that again. You and I, we don't have a price. We cannot be bought. We cannot be bought. That's very simple, but that's profound because the enemy, the God of this world, this world works on dollars and pesos and euros, pounds. It works on money. And if you and I can't put it underfoot, if you and I can't say, nope, there's no price that will get me off of God's way, then we can be bought, we can be swayed, and he can complicate and mix what is supposed to be pure before God in us. No, we cannot be bought. And uh, thank you, Jesus. And so here, his foot's being crushed because he's off the path of God. And it's being, Balaam's foot is against the wall, 25th verse, and he smote her, the donkey, again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. So God's helping him and getting him back to the narrow place. There's times where it's been so hard, and it's not because of God. And yet, here he is getting them back into the simple, narrow place, where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the donkey with the staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you? that you've smitten me, hit me these three times. And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you've mocked me, I would there were a sword in my hand, for now would I kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am not I your donkey, upon which you've ridden ever since I was yours unto this day? Was I ever known to do so to you? And he said, The donkey is talking the words of God. By the Spirit of God, the donkey's talking. The donkey's more enlightened in understanding right now than the man of God. That's not the last time that's happened. But there is answers here on how you and I can keep God's directive simple and miss out on things like this. And uh, let's continue. The Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, 31st verse, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, 
Wherefore have you smitten your donkey these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand you, because your way is perverse before me. Perverse, twisted. What was straight and narrow, what was pure and unmixed, he allowed to be twisted, contorted, and mixed with other ideas, other desires, other ways. Ungodly. And he continued and said, Your way is perverse before me. And the, and the donkey saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain you and saved her alive. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that you stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease you, I will get me back again. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak to you that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Only the words I say to you, that shall you speak. These words only. These directions only. And it's so important. There's times where we're keeping it simple. We need to go back and go, what did God tell me to do again? What was that last direction? Because there's been many times where people think they're, fil they're fulfilling the directions, and yet in actuality, they're not. If he tells me, if they call you, you can go. Them not calling showed they did not value the things of God. They did not value God in his way. You'll find if, you, if we were to read this, it, it would continue to show he went there and he blessed them. And he blessed them. And they're so upset. They, he won't curse God's people. They don't want God in his way. What they want is to prosper. What they want is more money. What they want is more influence. They don't want God in his way. Thank you, Lord. If he would have said no to his desires... No to wanting some of that influence from these kings. No to wanting some of that wealth from those people. If he would have told himself, no, I will only do what God said to do. I'll only say what God would have me say. If he would have stayed on that and said, they didn't call me, so they don't want what God has. I don't need to get up. I'm going to stay in. I'm going to spend some extra time with God this morning. I'm just going to enjoy his presence. Let them go their merry way. He could have kept it simple. He could have missed this whole thing here. And he could have found himself in the rich place with God. Because at the end of the day, he even was right there with these princes, with these kings, and still not pleasing them, still not getting any of their advantage, still. Why? Because you and I can't find the riches of God in the wide, broad way. If we're going to be right before God in His kingdom, and we're going to be rich in Him, rich towards God, it's only going to be found in the narrow way. It's going to be found in the simple life with God. Now, I pray that these things have been made clear, but I'm praying and believing God for and with us all that we will see His leading like never before. We are children of God. If you don't know within yourself that, it, that if Jesus came back this night, that you would be caught up in the air with Him 
and you would be with Him and with the Father forever, I encourage you to make the change right now. Jesus paid for your and my sin. He took upon Him sin of the earth, and when He did, He put it to death. He put uh, the curse in all of its fullness. He put it, uh, the, the scriptures in Galatians say that He's redeemed us from that curse of the law. He took it upon Himself, and when He went and died, He put it to death. It has no place in our lives. And when He rose from the dead, so did you and I, to newness of life with Him, no longer to have to live that old way, but now able to have the very eternal, everlasting life of God functioning in us day in and day out, and the Spirit of God coming in us, and then being able to come on us and us be empowered to be witnesses for God on this earth. That is for you if you've not received it. And if you need to be reminded, take note now. This is for you and I today. That being the case, you and I have this knowing on the inside of us. If Jesus comes back tonight, am I going to be with Him? Will I be with God forever? You'll have the witness inside you. We'll have it inside of ourselves. The simple knowing, yes, I'll be with Him forever. And that same confidence that you and I have in that eternal salvation is the same confidence that God is going to lead and guide us in. It's that same witness that the Holy Spirit's going to use to show us the simple way before God. And it is making us in these days rich, rich towards Him. Now, this is something we're saying, and I want to believe and believe God with you for it. We are some of the most spiritually aware individuals in this earth, and we are some of the most spirit-led as well. God is leading us and guiding us into all truth, and as He is, we're giving glory to Him. That's all for this broadcast. We love you, we bless you, and we will see you soon.